Welcome to The Daily Sales Show, hosted by Sell Better. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Happy Wednesday. Welcome to The Daily Sales Show with Sell Better. If this is your first time here, welcome in. We do a show every single day. You can catch what's going on and what our agenda is at sellbetter.xyz or by scanning this cute little QR code on your screen. Big shout out to our partner Zoom Info for sponsoring today's show. We are going to stick a link in the chat for you here to get a free trial of their sales OS platform if you're not using Zoom Info already. But today's show is all about crafting the winning cold call script and how you can get better at cold calling. I have the fantastic one and only Lydia here with me today from the Ruby Project. Hi, Lydia. Hey, how you doing? Super fantastic. I'm so excited to dig into this with you. I like all of our conversations leading up to this. There's so many nuggets and so many like Good reminders and net new things that I feel like have really opened um, some new po possibilities and opportunities in cold calling. So, yeah, I'm super excited to talk about it. Yay. Okay, great. Before we jump in, would love to see who's in the room while you're filling out that survey, give you a sneak peek of what's on the agenda. Lydia is going to share with us some of the things that she's seeing, like key elements of a cold call that's helping sales reps be more successful. She's going to share a framework that she's using with clients for cold calling. And then we're going to go through um, some real live cold call scripts that were sent in and or email cold call, a little bit of both. And um, the rewrites like Lydia's feedback, how to improve it. Sounds good. Sounds perfect. I love it. Okay. Let's see who's in the room really quick. Got a lot of individual contributors. Welcome in everybody, managers, leadership, everyone else. Let us know in the chat and let us know where you're dialing in from. Always fun to see. Okay. Before we dive into like actual tactics and um, kind of how you format your calls, we were talking about these elements that make a cold call successful, whether it comes from the person or headspace or can you share a little bit about those three things that you feel like make that cold call, just take it up a notch, go over yeah, the edge? For sure. I think, um, and these aren't in like order of importance because to me they're equally important. Like every single one of these has a major impact on your call. The first thing that I try to kind of get myself situated with is mindset, right? Like Am I smiling? Because if I'm in a bad mood, my calls aren't gonna my calls aren't gonna be super great. Um, do do I know like what my end goal is for the day? Right to have a couple of meaningful conversations. Um, the second part of that is expectations. So letting go of that obsession. Right, Josh Braun talks about detaching from the outcome, and that's huge. Because um, when you're super set on getting something for yourself out of the call, I feel like prospects can feel that and they kind of pull back. Um, and it's just kind of like a yucky experience. Yeah. And then tone. I think tone is everything. Um, and the things that contribute to that is your volume, uh, your pace. Are you talking too fast? You're going to come off as really nervous. Body language. I talk with my hands a lot, obviously. And I think that kind of comes across too, um, you know, because it means you're passionate and and 
really convinced in what you're actually talking about. So just quick recap, you know, mindset, are you in it to win it for the day? Like, do you know what your goal is? Um, have you let go of expectations and just gone into this call with the goal of having a meaningful conversation? And do you have your tone dialed in? All three, so powerful. And it's hard like to be thinking all the time about all these things that I'm checking off a list. Is there something like you do to remind yourself? Is there, I know there's the old, uh, you know, stick a mirror in front of your phone. Is there like, what kind of, what kind of things do you do to remind yourself of these things? I've kind of memorized them. Tone, expectations, yeah. mindset. I don't know. Maybe it's like a quick check. Yeah. Um, I like to pull up the person's picture on LinkedIn and kind of like think about what their voice is going to sound like. And then once they do answer, I'm kind of talking to a face. I mean, you got to like have some fun with it, right? <laughs> okay. I thought I was crazy for this. I used to keep um, like I called into for a while somewhere where I couldn't really look people up like they weren't as active on on LinkedIn or social platforms. And, you know, years ago, I had a random pictures of a male and a female on my desk and I would like pretend to talk to them. They had names. It was a whole thing. The ones that come in the frame when you find them. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Exactly. Like I'd go find new people every once in a while. Um, okay. You're on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, sometimes when you're <laughs> sitting in your house by yourself or just like look at your dog and talk to your dog. No. Um, elevator pitch or value proposition, or I know you call it value drop, right? Like, let's talk about what are the, how do I write one? How do I double check mine before we, well, actually, do you want to talk framework first and then we can come back to this? Either way. Let's talk framework first. Talk to us. You use a specific framework when we're going into cold calling called? I call it PRISM, P-R-I-S-M, not to be confused with prison, although sometimes <laughs> I can feel like that's what you're at when you're calling all day. Um, it's just an acronym, and it helps me remember kind of the flow. And just to like set the stage here, right? there's so much controversy around whether or not you need a script and whether or not it makes you sound like a robot. Mm. I call it a script, but it's really a talk track, right? It's a guide because I'm all over the place in case you haven't noticed. And I can forget, like, what did I, what order did I want to go in for things on this call? And so just having that, you know, acronym in my mind of this is the flow that I want to go through with things is super helpful. And so stands for permission. I've never been a fan of permission-based openers. I always felt like I gave people a really quick and easy way out. Um, but when I learned how to do it right, it makes a world of a difference because prospects want to be in control. And so when you give them that control, um, the experience is completely different. The right person, I mean, I'm sure nobody's a stranger to job changes not being reflected in your database tools and you call somebody and maybe they don't work there anymore or you've got the right name, wrong person. So just a quick nod to their title and role. If they're not the right person, they'll stop you investigation that's kind of the like poking poke the bear problem you know um figuring out what they're struggling with your solution outcome which could be i call it solution outcome because it's a combination of restating the problem and then kind of dropping your value in there and then figuring out whether it makes sense to have a next step meeting or move on because not everybody's a great fit for what you've got to offer. And so accepting that part of the expectations and mindset is really important to know when to just let go. Yeah, I think that's like a really good, 
it's hard thing to do to be like, okay, I'm letting go here, but it's a really good way to like be thinking about that's your, that's sometimes like the best option, right? Yeah. I mean, you're saving yourself a ton of time too. (laughs) Yes. Our time is just as valuable. Okay. Let's go back and revisit the value piece now, now that we've seen prism and then we'll keep talking about prism in a second, but talk to us about like that value piece, maybe the outcomes piece. So I think one of the biggest misses in all of the scripts that I've reviewed and most of the coaching that I do, a lot of people don't know, and I was victim of this too, like I just couldn't clearly and concisely explain what I do that was relevant to the prospect. It was all about me, my product, my features, and look at how cool this stuff is. Mm -hmm. People just don't care about that. Like you've got to put it in a context where it directly impacts them and the challenges that they are struggling to, you know, fix or make better. And so a really good kind of framework to put together what your value drop is going to be is what is it? Who would use it? Why is it valuable? And what makes it better than the alternatives? And write this out in as many words as you need to get that message across. And then you go back with an eraser and turn it into, you know, one or two line pitch. And so an example that I like to use is like, let's say you're selling a B2B contact database that goes up against whatever competitors are out there. And you want to clearly define who uses it or sorry, what is it? It's the database. Who uses it? Sales teams in the SaaS space. Why is it valuable? affordable, accurate, integrations, whatever. And what makes it different? That's the key piece because a lot of the solutions that we sell are pretty commoditized. Like there's 10 million other solutions possible. Why yours? Like why listen to what you have to say? And so putting that in, and you'll see in some of the rewrites how I've kind of put that into new value drops. Wonderful. I do think like um, practicing these things out loud, I uh, recently was at an event, a trade show, and someone walked up and they're like, okay, in, in less than five words, what do you do? And like trying to think about it in all these different ways, like that's so hard, but like it's kind of fun exercise to do with your team, with a friend, with whoever, right? Your manager and like go through and practice like how can I get this value drop really clear, really concise and have this like outline really helps as a really great point to say, okay, what what do I need to share? Well, and a good way to think about it too is like if you're at your, you know, Thanksgiving and your grandma asks what you do, like, can you explain it in a way that she will understand? Right. Because um, we like to use a lot of unnecessary words. Me too. Same. Same. How many times did I say really on this show so far? <laughs> Anyone counting? Okay. I want to dig into some of these examples because I love the rewrite. I love just like seeing some examples of what other people are doing. Um, if you have questions throughout, like you can always type in the chat, but if you stick them in the Q&A section at the bottom of your Zoom, there's a speech to bubble that says Q&A, um, then we'll go there after some of these examples to start answering questions. You can also thumbs up someone else's question if you want to see that one answered. It bumps it up to the top of the screen. So let's dive into some of these examples. And do you want to give some background, Lydia, like people sharing these examples with us? 
Uh, these are mostly SDRs. I every so often when I get some free time and want to have you know an opportunity to kind of keep my skills fresh, I'll say, hey, you know, let's redo your cold email or let's redo your script. So, um, you know, I love kind of being able to stay fresh because I feel like it's really easy to take advice from someone who doesn't cold email and cold call anymore. So, you know, I don't ever want to be that disconnected. Yeah, a hundred percent. Um, so all these came in like over the last few weeks. Let's take a look at a couple. Talk us through what we're looking at. So this is a really good example. I think this is like one of the old Sandler frameworks. And don't get me wrong. Like there's a lot of really good stuff in there. But I think one of the biggest, like, I don't know what your first reaction is, but mine is like, whoa, this is way too much words. I know Carrie says make it larger, but Carrie, it doesn't matter. It's way too many words. <laughs> um and I realize that every part probably has its reason for being there. But if you're trying to scan through it while you're talking to somebody, like I would never be able to make use of this. Um, you know, the intro is like, hey, did I catch you at a bad time? Well, yeah, it's never a good time for a cold call. And so that's not the type of permission-based opener that I like to use. I'll, I know someone asked for an example. We'll get to that in a second. Um, a lot of like yes, no questions, which is fine, but I mean, there's like notes in here that says, really, I'm surprised. Like, is that really what you would say? Um, it just feels it's very scripted. And it doesn't look like there's an easy way to kind of turn this into your own talking style. Um, mm -hmm. Oh, can we pause there for a second? Like you before we get to your rewrite. Like, I want you to to kind of zero in on that because so many times like we're handed a script and trying to make it into our own style, our own voice. Each of us says something uniquely like, do you have, I mean, I feel like we have a soapbox here. You and I have gone off on this many times before, but like um, thoughts or feelings or tips on like trying to take a script given to you and make it into your own voice. Well, you can start by reading it aloud. Um, if, if it doesn't feel like you as you're like saying it, you've got to change it. Um, and I think that was like the biggest idea that I had behind the prism frameworks is like use these components and then turn them into what you need them to be. So as long as you're hitting those components, you can say it however you want to say it. And that's the biggest thing because there's nothing like being handed a script that doesn't sound like you that then you really do sound like a robot. So <laughs> the biggest thing is like hit the points, but do them however you need to do them. Yeah. Find your voice. Okay. Let's look at your rewrite for this one. So this is broken out into the components, right? So, hey, um, so-and-so at company, you're not expecting my call. That way you're getting the awkward, like, are you busy? Is this a bad time? Like, just, yes, it's a cold call. You're not expecting to hear from me. Can I tell you why I reached out? And then you can decide if you want to hang up. That way they have the power. And you're probably going to get a chuckle. I usually do nine times out of ten. <laughs> Yeah. It's like, okay, cool. I'm going to hang up on you if this is boring. And that's totally fine. Um, your second is like the nod to their right person. Like, looks like you run this team at the company. Most people like you tell me that they are struggling with these challenges that you solve, but you want them to resonate with the prospect as things that people just like them 
have challenges with. And that does a couple of things. One, it lets them know that you understand them, that you've done your research. And two, you kind of position yourself as like a subject matter expert because you're talking to all of these people just like them who have those problems. Mm-hmm. Um, the third part is the, you know, you're kind of rephrasing, um, you know, well, how are you dealing with this challenge that you shared with me? Who else is it impacting? Like, what happens if you do nothing about it? Here's why I'm asking. Mm. This is what we do to solve this problem for people. Does Would a, a chat next week be a horrible idea? Again, giving the power back to them at the end, right? Not let, hey, let's set up a meeting. It's, would this be a horrible idea? You have, you, the prospect, has the power. Right. And I think like a lot of people with those um, like negative keywords, it's interesting because people are like going to run in to rescue you. They're like, well, it's not a horrible idea. You know, they, 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 they have opposition to the word horrible. Right. And I think when you go for no, that kind of does something with your mindset and your expectation too. It's like you're kind of expecting them to say that. I don't know. It's kind of like a weird mind game with yourself. I like that. Just like a different perspective for yourself. If you're anticipating the no and you get the yes, then you're pleasantly surprised, right? Um, I sure can. I'll stick that last slide up one more time. We have a couple more examples too coming your way. Um, But here you go. Take a screenshot. (laughs) Pose for a photo. Okay, let's move on to the next one here. Um, Another one that was sent in to you the last couple weeks. First thoughts. I go back and forth with how are you? And this comes back to doing what works for you. Personally, mm-hmm. it feels weird to ask that question. But like I just read something the other day that Gong said, Gong did like an evaluation where people who asked, how's it going or how are you have like a pretty high jump in percentage of booking a meeting from that. So if that works for you, do it. Um, I don't like it because it feels forced for me personally. But again, just remember, like, you've got to infuse yourself into these conversations or they're not going to be genuine. Um, So that part I like. I think, you know, this is so-and-so. I'm calling for a specific reason. Do you have a minute? It just feels really, like, about the caller. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like the second part, right? Typically, when I talk to other people in your role, um, these are challenges. I like that. And then the question of like, did I miss the mark? Um, That's not too far off. And so the rest of this is pretty good. I just think it's not really like I don't see specific questions where if you get lost, it'd be like, okay, what do I ask about challenges? But this one's actually not too bad. I think just kind of changing that opener to make it more about the prospect and not so much about you as the salesperson would make a big difference. So let's peek at the rewrite. Yeah. So again, that like, Yep, it's a cold call. You're not expecting to hear from me. Can I tell you why I reached out? I mean, you can decide. You can say, you know, you can decide if if you want to hang up or you can decide if it makes sense for us to keep talking. Whatever you say, just remember that the idea is to give them the power. Mm -hmm. And then a lot of this is nods back, but shortened. I feel like that's the other thing is like, how many words can we take out of what we're saying? Because remember, you're going to be scanning this while you're on the phone. And another thing I like to do is not use complete sentences in my mm-hmm. talk tracks 
because it's easier to scan and there's like super wide spaces between the lines. And sometimes I'll even put a note in there to shut the heck up <laughs> and just listen to the response to your question because it's really easy too to like, okay, I'm so focused on what I have to say next that I'm not actually listening to what they're telling me. Right. And that's a big problem too. So just kind of like imagine you're having coffee with somebody, right? And I think letting go of that expectation kind of getting your mindset right. It's like, I don't care what comes of this call. I just want to talk to somebody. Kind of lets you flow through it a little bit better. Definitely. Same thing, right? How are you dealing with this? Is this an issue? Here's what we do. Does this sound interesting? Um, giving the power to them. Yeah, because the you don't care what happens, right? You just want to have a conversation. Exactly. I think that permission-based call to action can like be that permission for prism too where it's i uh, you're you're giving them the power again as you said before right it's like putting it back in their court um someone had mentioned some close-ended questions do you have something like if they give you a yes or no answer i usually like call them my back pocket questions like things that i can get people to keep talking about so is this a challenge for you and they're like yes tell me more <laughs> tell me more yeah I, that's my favorite line too Tell me more about that. Tell me more about that. Um, I mean, sometimes you want close ended. Each has a time and a place, and it's all about kind of feeling out the conversation. Like, I wouldn't ask a close ended question like, "Hey, do you manage what?" Like, things that are obvious are not really relevant. Obviously, are not a great use case for close ended questions. But if it's something that's going to get you to a next contact context, like. Right. Um, are you happy with what you're doing? That's a really good yes or no question, because if the answer is yes, then we don't really have much else to talk about. Um, so, yeah, I think it kind of just depends on the closed-ended versus open-ended. Yeah. Like, the uh, when you're at, at that, like, stopping point where people are just like, yeah, everything's great, You've asked the magic, what's the magic wand question? Like, if you could fix one thing, what would it be? Or if you could add one thing, what would it be? Yeah, nothing. I mean, like, once you're there, then what? You know, it's like, you, there's not much you can do, like you said. That's where it's really, like, another thing to keep in mind, too, and I sometimes in coaching, I go through this, like, problem and implications worksheet, because what you as the seller might think as a problem might not be a problem. Especially if it doesn't affect anybody besides that person. Here's a perfect example. A couple of years ago, we were selling a solution that was marketing analytics. And the challenge was that marketers had to log into like five different systems to do their reports on a monthly basis. And occasionally they would go into their sales meeting and have a different number than somebody else because they had to aggregate their own data and it just was like telling a different story. Does the... Uh, marketing person who's putting the reports together care about that implication as much as the person who's actually giving the presentation? Probably not because it's not their butt on the line. Right. Um, maybe a manual process is something that somebody's always done and it doesn't bother them. So kind of getting through how those problems turn into implications and if there is even a cost of an action is really important because if what you think is a problem isn't a problem to them, you're not going to get very far. I love that you bring up the cost of inaction because it's something that I think like people hear and talk about a lot, but then 
thinking through it for yourself with your own products, with your own ICP, with your own personas, like what is what changes for them if they do nothing? You know, like do nothing.com is our biggest competitor, right? Like they don't make any yeah. change at all. <laughs> well, it's like we were talking about my issues with Canva this morning. It's like, okay, do I want to just take 30 minutes longer than I need to record my videos or do I want to pay 50 bucks a month? I don't know yet. Um, <laughs> yeah, what so, is it worth to me? Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, I mean, really think through the context of the problems that you're talking about and what they mean for that person. Like, or if they have a problem, well, how does that affect everybody else on your team or does it? Right. So just kind of thinking through like the ripple effect of those problems. Okay, let's do one more and then we'll jump into the Q&A section. Sound good? Yep. Let's do it. Okay, here we go. Okay. Probably couch in the middle of something or do you have a minute? I feel like that takes like you're kind of cutting yourself down there like you're not important enough to be interrupting what they're doing and if you feel that way then that's a mindset thing right you've got to remember that you're calling with a new perspective a new outcome that this person probably hasn't thought of before and you've got something really cool to share with them so it's kind of like don't beat yourself up right just yeah, that's my first thought there. It's like, you are important. <laughs> right. Yeah, you got this. Yeah. Um, but the next piece is like a nod back to Prism, right? We're doing our title check. So thumbs up. Yes, definitely. Reached out because I saw this. Um, Wanted to ask what you're using to create business process. So kind of, but like, where's the value in that? I feel like adding some context is helpful, but then we get, we run the risk of using too many words. So it's like, you know, I think I turn it into a different type mm -hmm. of question, but um, yeah, it's like, how can we focus it on them instead of just answering questions that we want the answer to as the salesperson? And you can even say, I'm asking because like, before you get the answer, like, do you do this? I'm asking because people like you tell me that this is a challenge when they're trying to do that. Like, does this resonate? Sound familiar? Right. Um, that's one of my favorite questions is like, does this resonate? And someone said in one of their other emails, which I liked, it's like, am I way off base here? Mm -hmm. Am I completely lost? And it kind of, it humanizes you, right? Like, I'm not this know-it-all pushy salesperson. I just want to learn something about you. And I think there's a real value in that. Yeah, the um, curiosity piece. Yeah. And there's the context, right? So how are you dealing with this problem? Here's why I'm asking. Um. And then we've got the same, right? Would it be a horrible idea? If you don't like that call to action, use something else. Remember, you have to make this your own. Um, do you think it would be valuable to kind of learn about how we've done this? Do you think it would be interesting to look at whatever? Like, again, just give them the power, but phrase it however you want. Yeah. I... um. I really like Lucas just said, like, yes. assume that they have time. Yeah. Just like, and I think it gives you the power too. It gives you confidence. I am curious to hear um, in the room when we're talking about like cold calling, um, how are you approaching cold calls here? Let me just quickly here. I do. We'll throw up like, do you have, do you wing it? Do you not call at all? Um what like what kind of approach are you taking right now i'm seeing all of these signs and i you know i posted about it this morning 
like with email deliverability and our clients, I'm seeing a lot of deliverability issues lately, and it's just going to grow over the coming months with all these regulatory changes, which is why like Lydia, I'm so excited to be like honing in on these skills right now, making sure that we have good cold calling skills because it's going to become even more imperative, even more important as we get into like the next few months. Um, like what are barriers to calling that you're seeing right now? What are people, is it fear? Is it data? Is it, what are like, what are the top things that you're seeing? I think it's a little bit of everything. And Lori just said in the chat, it's difficult to even get someone to answer the phone. Yes, a thousand percent. Yeah. Connect rates are at the low. I mean, I've been cold calling since 2004. Kind of just made myself sound really old, didn't I? Um, <laughs> but connect rates are at literally the lowest I've ever, ever seen them. And so... You know, you've got to do things like use phone ready leads or have somebody that does, you know, pre-dial cleaning of your list to tell you who picks up the phone or you use a power dial or however you decide to try and have those conversations. It still is, you know, one of the biggest channels, like almost 50 percent of prospects say that they still prefer to be contacted by phone. So there are people out there. Um, so, yeah, I think avoidance is definitely not the best strategy. Um but like the last team I inherited, I walked, you know, I walked in and it was like, okay, you know, we don't cold call because we don't like it and it doesn't work. And I'm like, mm, yeah, that's not okay. So, and it turned out they had a script that was written by marketing, which is fine. Marketing is awesome, but they don't cold call. And it just, it wasn't working. And so we redid everything and all of a sudden everybody had so much fun doing role plays and I'd cold call and let them hear my bloopers and also the good examples. And it's like, you know, it really can be fun. And I just, I love trying new things and, you know, um, if it's not working, shake it up a little bit. Yeah. You just try something until you figure out what works. And as soon as you figure out what does work, it's going to stop working at some point. Believe me. Right. Right. So <laughs> I'm shot. Oh, it's unreachable. But I have like a book that I keep what's worked for me in the past because it is there's like that cycle it will stop working I can go back to something I used six months ago a year ago whatever it is um okay so I want to head over to the Q&A really quick if you have anything that you want to stick in the Q&A go ahead you can also upvote other people's questions um you mentioned a few times this um do you mind if I tell you why I reached out you can decide if you want to hang up do you have any other permission-based openers that you like to use i've experimented with and again this comes back to it not really being my style i think it was jason bay on one of his podcasts was saying hey this is cold call one roll the dice like you know i've tried it i got a couple laughs it's just not my style yeah um but things like that where you're just getting the elephant in the room out of the way like look i'm cold calling i promise i did my research can i just tell you why i reached out I mean, you really aren't asking for permission for anything other than the next 15 seconds is what it comes down to. But I would definitely check out, um, I can't even remember the name of the podcast, but just look up Jason Bay. He's really, I love his openers. He's so brave. Oh, yeah. And like hearing other people's ideas and seeing what fits you. I love the way that you're saying, like, say it out loud. Yep. Yes. It, Outbound Squad is Jason Bay. Yeah, um. Okay. What is the best way to start your conversation with a prospect after you get through the gatekeeper? Are we going back to these permission-based openers? We're headed back to Prism. Do you have other thoughts on that, like after getting through a gatekeeper? 
first of all, if you get through the gatekeeper, keeper, creeper, <laughs> congratulations. That's impressive in its own. Um, but yeah, I would personally, I would do a permission based opener. Like, hey, you know, thanks so much for taking a second. Here's why I reached out. Uh, or sorry, can I tell you why I reached out? And you let me know if it makes sense for us to chat. Again, if you're having to get through a gatekeeper, they're probably pretty high up. And they're going to really want to feel like they're in control. So I would definitely stick with the permission based. Yeah. I think too, like a lot of us, it's kind of how you're raised to like ask if it's okay for time, right? There's like this natural aspect of it that lends to us being human. Mm-hmm. Okay. I want to, it's not in the questions, but really quick, I saw someone ask about texting. Do you have hard feelings about texting? I think you have to check laws and regulations. I personally, if it's unsolicited, don't you dare to me like I don't appreciate it and so I try to put myself like if I don't want it I'm not going to do it that's why I don't do pitch slaps on LinkedIn because I don't like receiving them um I think if like you know what I do get a lot is I'll call people and I'll get that auto reply that's like sorry I can't talk right now I will text back to that for sure um if the gate has been opened in some form but just pure blind personally not my style and I think it's illegal I feel like yeah I I do think there's also like a generational piece to this and not to put people in buckets, but typically like you're seeing generational pieces like I will not like I do not want a cold text message unless you ask if it's okay or like we're in a sales process already and it's like, oh, do you mind like what's the easiest way to get a hold of you? Text, email. Do you want me to remind you about our meeting? I'll give you my number and let you text me then. But like I don't want to I don't want a cold text. But here's the cool thing, too, about voicemail is usually those are transcripted and they yeah. mine come through as text messages. Then we have live voicemail where people, you know, remember the 90s. Well, anyway, again, here we go. <laughs> when you had the answer machine on your kitchen counter and it was right. like your mom and she's like, pick up the phone. And then you're like, oh, shoot, it's you. Well, live voicemail on iOS 17 does that now, too. So there's all these ways that you can use those transcriptions to your benefit. I think I would do that instead of texting. Um, I haven't seen this update. Maybe I need to update my phone. It's not. You have to actually download it. Um, I just okay. did a webinar a couple of weeks ago with the CEO of Phone Burner, Chris. He's like an expert on the topic, and it was really mind blowing. Uh, I love it. Yeah, it's gonna. Change I'll look it up. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I totally remember. Like you have to. You're screening your calls because mm-hmm. you want to see who's there. Okay. How about, um, Carrie asked, how about LinkedIn with cold calling? Do you have a message when someone connects to get you a conversation, um, like pivoting the conversation? Carrie, first off, like multi-channel approach. Love it. Lydia, what do you got for us? I'm really weird about LinkedIn. Maybe because I'm old. (laughs) I've made that pretty clear by now, but I just don't like those unsolicited messages. But I have done it and it does work. And honestly, it works a lot better in countries that are not the U.S. for me. Um, I think you want to stick with kind of some of the cold email frameworks that we talk, that I talk about with the Ruby project is like have a really, really clear value that correlates to research you've done about the person or the company or whatever the use case is and then leave it open to them. If this makes sense, I'd love to chat. If not, really excited to get to know you better here through your posts or something where it's like kind of non-pressure i don't like the pushiness i don't like the lydia question mark um but again that's me thoughts um i do like i feel like if you 
everything is moving towards like this hyper personalized and in a way that like can't be replicated by AI or like all of these different things that have made it so easy for people to mass produce content into like LinkedIn or email or phone calls even. So I feel like those things, like if you're getting a hyper-personalized message that has research and value that relates to you, you're more likely to open that. For sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, Voicemails have come up a few times here. Thoughts like, are you leaving voicemails? I have heated feelings about this. (laughs) (laughs) So this is actually part of what I'm going to cover in the cold calling course that we'll be dropping from the review project in the next couple of weeks. For me... And based on my experience over the last several years, I think voicemails are a really powerful tool to point somebody to where you want to go. I like to use them to drive to the email. Um, So I might say something like, hey, Leslie, it's Lydia here with the Ruby Project. No need to call me back. I just sent you an email. Would love to hear your thoughts. Hang up. I feel like 30 seconds or less I want it to be transcribed on one screen without scrolling. Um, I also, I mean, you could say what you want to talk about, but I think you just run the risk of rambling. So have it written out. Yeah. Hey, it's Lydia. I'm about to hit hit send on an email about, you know, increasing whatever desired outcome it is. Um, Check your inbox or... If you want to reference, you know, we're talking about the LinkedIn stuff, like, hey, I really loved your post on this. Um, Had two new ideas that you might not be thinking about. I think that's Josh Braun. That's one of my favorites from him. Had two new ideas that you might not be thinking about related to whatever your, you know, subject is. I'm hitting send on an email now. So again, I would really just use voicemail to push people to the channel that you want them to respond to. Yeah. It's another touch point, like using it, just like you said, like warming someone up for something on another channel. Mm-hmm. I tracked, I actually don't get, knock on wood, I don't get a ton of cold calls anymore, but a year ago, two years ago, I nerd out over the data. So I was tracking and I was getting any, like on average, it was 14 a week. And I received in a full calendar year, 12 months, Want to take like a stab at how many voicemails do you think I got? Five. 14 calls a week. Yeah. I got three voicemails. It's insane. I don't know why people don't do it. And here's the Yeah. Yeah. I like see the number over and over again. I'm not going to answer it because I don't know why you're calling me. Exactly. How many times are you going to call before you leave the voicemail? (laughs) But I don't know. Like, If you've sent them an email too, iPhones are pretty smart. They're smartphones. It picks up on your phone number from your signature and it'll say your name when you call even if you're not saved in their contacts so there's like all these correlation benefits too right like maybe lydia like it'll attach it there yeah i'm all about leaving a voicemail at least a few times you don't have to do it every time you call but definitely not every time <laughs> I um, do it like the first and the third call yeah okay um there's I don't know if you saw, we dropped in the chat over here. Um, there's the cold calling course that Lydia mentioned that's coming out in a couple of weeks. There's like a pre sign up that you can see in the chat. There is an email course live now if you check it out at the Ruby Project. Um, let's do like a, maybe one or two more quick fire questions before we wrap up here. Um, do you, 
call first, email first, LinkedIn first? Like what's your order when you're cold prospecting? I always call first because cold calling is the quickest way to get feedback and responses. They don't answer. Then I email, hey, got your voicemail. Thought I'd try you on email. Then I do social and then back to calling. I try to do at least two calls between every email because like, it's so fast and easy. If I can catch you on the phone, that's going to be my priority. Okay. Another like hot take really quick for the gatekeeper. If someone says, are they expecting your call? Be honest. Thank I don't you. ever like to start things off the way. No, they're not. I mean, it's so hard because things are so different now. Um, like that gatekeeper's job, my mom is an, a, a, an admin to VPs at Intel. And so I always ask her like, mom, how do these people get past you? She's like, they don't. Like, I, I don't care. <laughs> like, so just not happening. <laughs> you know, you just gotta kind of take what you're handed and, but never, ever be dishonest. I've heard people say, oh, just say, yeah, we've been in, we've been in contact or whatever, because you sent them an email, like, bad juju, don't do it. <laughs> Agreed. I think that brings up a really great point, though, like finding people in your personal network that are either in the roles you're calling into and like asking them questions. It can be so beneficial, like hearing firsthand from mom. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, they're not getting through me. <laughs> this yeah. was not happening. <laughs> she did say one thing that I'll leave you guys with that was interesting. And she's like, if it's something that I know he's working on that could be relevant, I will take the information to him and see if it's something he wants to talk about. So keep that in mind. Um, That's huge. Yeah. Huge. Well, um, thank you so much for joining us today. I want to drop a quick link to the Ruby Project, um, your cold calling course coming up, and then also your LinkedIn here. Um, I We have the Sell Better is back tomorrow. Um, if you check out sellbetter.xyz, the AI series continues tomorrow. Jed and Enzo are talking about chat GPT prompts that they oh, use okay. and how you can write them. I know I'm going, I'm attending um, tomorrow, noon Eastern. You can check it out there. And again, just thank you so much for sharing your thoughts and your outlines and your feedback and answering questions. It's been lovely. Thanks for sharing your time with us today. Yeah, we'll talk soon. Sounds good. Take care, everyone. Bye.